0: Good morning everyone. It is so good to be here today and I hope that everybody had a wonderful time with their families and um, during Christmas and that uh, you're enjoying your time with your families and the time that you might have off from work during this wonderful holiday season. I know it was pretty busy for us and now it's kind of a time of being able to kind of wind down just a little bit and relax a few days anyway for me anyway since I have a few more days off before I have to to go back to work so anyway it's really good to be here today it's been a long time since I've been up here I can't even think of the last time that I that I taught so it's, it's been a while but um, but I'm, I'm glad to be here and um, so today I kind of wanted to start it, start off with I I do consider it a real privilege to be able to um to, to speak and to be here but also to um, wind up this this uh, wonderful year of grace that we've um, we've had and moving into the new year so um, what the Lord really put on my heart this morning um, to start off with was just to, for us to identify some words that would describe where we've been in this year um, and how we're ending it so if you um, you know have some words that you would just like to I was going to just write some of these words down but just some descriptive words that would describe um, kind of what it's been like for the last 12 months of this year so
1: well, for me
0: I, I, I have seen a lot of restoration okay. restoration restorative mm. okay Expansion. It's expansion. good. Busy. Definitely. Has it been challenging for anybody? In a lot of ways? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean rewarding, but I mean challenging. There's also been um, to me just an outpouring of blessing from the father. Lots of blessings, on, absolutely on, the, on our lives. You know, yeah. all of those are excellent words. I know, um, I know we can all speak to this, and I know that in our personal lives and things that in our own walk that we've had challenges <coughs> this year. But, but the but the Lord has been faithful. He has been so good to carry us through this year, and. And he's preparing us and wanting us to um, even now prepare our hearts for for what he has in store for us in in the the months to come and and it's really exciting so when I when I think about that and I think about um, the challenges maybe that have come because we know I mean this walk is it's not an easy walk I mean it's definitely um, something that's going to stretch us it's going to challenge us it's going to um, you know really it but in the end i mean it's really it is going to be rewarding and it it's going to be um, a blessing it's going to bring that restoration and we know and we can see how even now that it's it's bringing forth um expansion when we think about uh the, the trips that the pastors talked about that are coming up in just the next year we can see just from years past that there's you know he's just doing a lot he's doing a lot um in us and through us and and you know little did we know so many years ago that this is where he would have us and that we'd be, we would be expanding um, our network in this way so um, I'm excited about that and um, when I think about just like I said personally when I think about maybe the challenges that I've been through in this last year I think okay well at least I know the, this is this year is coming into an end, and I want to I want to end it in a way where I really reflect on the great things that He's done, mm-hmm. and that I don't just reflect on the things that have not been easy, but I really look and see how how He's been faithful in this, and how He's He's taken us through, and how He has so much in in store for us in the days to come, and and um, that that excites me. So, um, the Lord started speaking to me um, a couple of weeks ago about this word, arise. And I, I really, when I started studying, I didn't, um, I didn't end up doing like a word study just on arise. It, it kind of took me to a specific passage, and that's where um, I'm gonna be really speaking from today. But um, the, the passage that stood out to me, um, and that I'm gonna devote most of my time to is in Deuteronomy 10. But before I go into that particular passage, I wanted to, to read a couple of others. Um, if you'll look at Genesis 13, 17 through 18, this is talking about Abram. Um, it says, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And then Abram removed his tent, and came and dwelt in the plain of, plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. And so I'm looking at this word, arise, and, and this word, um, you know, walking through the land and, and looking at the, the length of it, the breadth of it, and how expansive it is and how um, the Lord is giving that. He gave that to Abram. And, and um, I'm thinking about what he's speaking to us now and what, he, what he's giving to us and what he's um, causing us to be prepared for for the next, for the next year. And um, then in Jonah, I was, I was reading the story of Jonah and I, I'm not focusing on the first time around where Jonah was disobedient, but he tells um, Jonah to arise. He says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose, went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And we know that this was after, you know, Jonah and his experience after, you know, fleeing and not wanting to obey the um, the Lord's, you know, calling for him. But he tells him to arise, and at that point we see that Jonah does that. And what I what I really feel like he's speaking to us is that he's been, he's been preparing us, and he he's taken us to these different places and he's really having <coughs> us in this next year to really arise and go forth and, and as you see my title is Arise Take the Journey and this is um, comes from Deuteronomy so I'm going to focus more on that particular passage and I'm going to actually start reading I have it split up here on your page I'm going to start reading in verse 12 and go all the way through 20 21 okay so and now israel what doth the lord thy god require thee but to fear the lord i'm sorry let me back up i'm gonna go to verse 11 and the lord said unto me arise take thy journey before the people that they may go in and possess the land which was swear unto their fathers to give unto them and now israel what doth the lord thy god require of thee but to fear the lord thy god to walk on all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Behold the heaven, and the, heavens of, the heaven of heavens is the Lord thy God, and the earth also, with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you, above all people, as it is this day. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff necked. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons nor taketh reward. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow, and loveth the stranger, and giving him food and raiment. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shall thou serve, and to him shall thou cleave, and swear by his name. He is thy praise, and he is thy God, that hath done for thee these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to go back to this first verse in verse 11, which is where um, I got this um, arise and taking the journey. It says, And the Lord said unto me, Arise, take that journey before the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swear to their fathers to give unto them. And so this, this particular passage, I, and I know that there's probably more to this than um, what's meeting the eye and what I'm seeing in this, but the thing that really stood out to me was this arising and taking the journey and actually going forward and doing what it is that God has called us to do. And just that rising up and, and um, I don't know, it's just like kind of like a taking an ownership, taking a, I don't know, it's, it's, to me it's, it's like, um, it's just an extra measure of something that, it's, it's like a, I don't even know how to, what the wording I want to use for it is, but, um, the action that that is is to me so um, picturesque, where you're just rising up and you're going forth and you're taking a journey. It's like you're taking taking that on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's more than just okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to um, go forth and, and what he's called me to do. But I'm I'm actually um,
2: maybe it'll come to me. Stacy has the words for you. Stacy
0: always has a word for me. <laughs> She's probably
3: not going to today.
2: I feel her so often.
3: You said, you said take ownership. I mean, that that says it all to me. I
0: guess it's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's... Not um, it just
3: because somebody over here said do it, I'm kind of obligated to do it. It's, it's very personal and take ownership of it and just who, who we are and...
0: I think that yeah and I, th- I think a lot of it is um, it's, it yeah it's a it's an ownership thing but also it's a, it's just an extra measure of um, of what he's calling us to do and what he's what he's expecting of us and so what what really stood out to me in this passage right after this was the things this says what you know what, is, what does God require of us in this? I mean, there are things that he's going to uh, require of us as we as we take this journey, as we go into this new year, as we step into wisdom and revelation. Um, and it says, starts off with, but to fear the Lord thy God. And require there is Sha'al. Um, and when... And what I did was I took some different verses that spoke about each one of these requirements that the, the Lord, you know, saying that we should actually do. So I'm um, starting off with fear of the Lord and fearing the Lord. Um, Psalm 33:18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy and that waiting and, and that um, hoping in his mercy And then um, Psalm 34, 7 through 10. the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints. For there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And that want there, the first one is like a... And I guess the other word, it's a different um, Hebrew word, but that first one is like there's no deficiency. We're not going to be deficient. Um, let me go back to <coughs> <coughs> there is no want to them that fear Him. There's no deficiency. And then if you look at the last part, it says, "Want to give, but they that, they that seek the Lord shall not lack or fail in any tobe thing. And so that fear, that connection with fearing Him, and and having everything we need, every provision, every possible thing that we could possibly need, in order to um, rise up and go on, um, you know, and take this path and and, and take this journey to the nations, um, we're not going to fail in this. I mean, if we're if our um, trust is in Him, if we um, seek Him, we're not going to fail. And that's that's very encouraging I mean that's you know we um, sometimes we feel I know how um, you know just in the natural when I think about things and Mark and I've had lots of discussions about this because I don't know where everybody else is in their personal life with things that they're facing but in their jobs and different things but there's been a tendency for in my Mark's jobs um, recently that the enemy is finding ways to make us feel like we're deficient in an area, or that um, we don't—that we're not doing things the way, the right way. Or I don't know how to. You know what you're doing, and you know what you're—you doing is right and you know that you're doing the best that you can and sometimes the expectations are um, you're not sure what exactly is expected of you and you're trying your best but yet there's something in you that feels like someone else thinks you're failing in that area and so it brings that measure of lack of confidence lack of um, of confidence and, and what you feel like you're able to do and so when I think about this and I think about this verse I think you know if, if our trust is in him if we're seeking him no matter what it is that we're doing whether it's in our job whether it's you know anything in life and we're not going to fail we're not going to lack in those areas and so even though the enemy would love for us to feel that way even though we may be doing everything that we know we should be doing and um, we're doing all that we can to the best of our ability that the lord is gonna he's gonna provide he's going to he's gonna preserve us he's not going to allow us to lack in that way or to to fail or feel deficient in that way as long as we're seeking him okay so um i also wanted to um, I, I looked at Pastor's um, back at his Wisdom Revelation book and this he speaks on this uh, passage in Psalm 111.10 um, and he connects it with Proverbs 8 and he gives um, a clear understanding of what the fear of the Lord truly means and so I wanted to um, I'll highlight a couple of those things, comments that he made in this book in Psalm 111.10 he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom a tobe understanding of all they that do his commandments and his praise endure it forever and then Proverbs eight twelve through 13 says I, I wisdom dwell with prudence and find find out knowledge of witty inventions the fear of the Lord is to hate raw pride and arrogancy and the raw way and the forward mouth do I hate so think about that for a minute. The fear of the Lord is to hate that, to hate raw, and the raw way. And so we, I mean, you know, that means obviously that we're focusing on tobe, we're the toe. We're the, you know, that beginning of wisdom, a toe understanding, instead of um, and hating those things that are that are raw. That, that raw way okay so pastor says in this book and I'm just going to quote him here Says, according to verse 13 in Proverbs the fear of the Lord is to hate evil (coughs) raw twisted purpose wisdom is set toward a reclaiming of the kingdoms of this earth for God it therefore makes sense for the beginning of wisdom to be found in assessing the wrong and raw and to pursue the toe of purpose to fear the Lord is to proactively join him in battle against the raw. this should lead us into alignment with God to partner with Ra repels us from the <coughs> Almighty but to fear the Lord should cause us to stand valiantly with him this is the true fear of the Lord so that's all that connection there with, um, with the fear of the Lord and his total purpose but also moving forth into this new year into this um, to this new pathway and rising up into this journey into wisdom and revelation
1: Tricia um, I was just looking at your title to arise and take the journey and I was reminded of the, the scripture that was given to pastor um, in the very beginning of his time here at At the Father's Church or Lakewood back then, but it's Isaiah 60, and it's that scripture that says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And we've learned over the years what the glory does. I mean, it comes to uh, attend to the saints and the purpose that God has called us to. And so I was just um, reminded of that as you're talking about rising and, and taking this journey. And, um, and you know it all began back then, and even before we knew we were saints. Right. Um, but anyway, I'm just. <laughs> that. Thank you.
0: Okay. Um, and then the next directive um, requirement that is talked about in um, Psalm. I'm sorry, yeah, Deuteronomy is to walk in his ways and so I um, have a couple of verses there Psalm 119 1 through 3 blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart they also do not iniquity they walk in his ways so instead of you know doing iniquity and And partaking in that, they walk in his ways. They follow his directives, um, walking in his ways, and keeping his testimonies, and seeking him with a whole heart. So not wanting to partner with that unrighteousness, but rather partnering, partnering with his purpose for the earth. plowing right through this so if anybody has any comments
3: <laughs> feel free <laughs>
0: okay Deuteronomy nineteen eight through 9 if the Lord thy God enlarge thy coast as he has sworn unto the to thy fathers and give thee all the land which he promised to give unto thy fathers if thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them which I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God and to walk ever in his ways then shall they'll add three cities more for them besides these three and so um, there you know to keep all these commandments you know that's shamar and that's a guarding over a protecting that so protecting those commandments um, and you know that says Elohim um, that enlarging is that growing or broadening of a territory and we know that he's doing that we know that he's, um, we never dreamed that we would be in Brazil or in different places, and he is expanding um, this territory for us into places that um, years ago we never would have even imagined. Um, we knew he was taking us to places, but we didn't realize um, how it was going to open up, and, and it's been really um, exciting to see what God is doing. And we know that that's just going to grow (coughs) and grow. So he, he's causing um, an enlargement and expansion here. And we've got a lot of work to do. We've got, um, so this, you know, I feel very strongly um, for myself to really um, guard myself up and be prepared and ready and to, you know, go whenever God calls me to go and to um, be obedient to go forth. I know that um, you know, Pastor and Monica, they're they're out a lot, and I know that um, they they can't do it all. God is calling all of us into this, and and there's you know he's gonna he's gonna be preparing us. We've got to be ready. We've got to have our hearts ready. We've got to uh, make sure that we're walking in his ways and his purpose, and and preparing ourselves, um, whatever in you know, whatever ways that may be to
2: arise and go forth at a moment's notice. um, That concept of the fear of the Lord, the fear of Yahweh is really, you know, you you define what it is through the scripture, but still that that phrase, the fear of, of Yahweh, you're walking with him, you're partnering with him. And, um, but that, that fear Yari, is, is not being afraid of him, <coughs> but having a, a, a deep, settled, I don't know how you say it, like you said ownership earlier, but to not in any way want to miss what his plan is requiring, <coughs> To not go outside of his plan, to not go ahead of him or lag behind, to want to fulfill what his plan is, because that's what Yahweh is. And and it's like a deep-seated passion to fulfill what he wants. And you know, so often, you know, we hear that phrase, the, the fear of the Lord, and And it it doesn't really make sense in the way we've interpreted it throughout the centuries where you're, you know, when God is continually calling us to Him, when Jesus (coughs) came to bring us to the Father. And, you know, um, but the fear of the Lord, the fear of Yahweh, that's something that, as we enter this year of wisdom, uh, the, the right definition of it the proper application of it is something we need because you know as you look at these cities that God's adding and you see different options and you already have things in place that you know God put from my heart I am continually looking at those saying Father don't let us miss anything don't let us don't let us fail your mission don't let us do 30 fold when you want 100 fold and, and it's more about the partnership of this plan with Yahweh than it is in about even though he's the God of the universe, even though he can do anything and he is majestic um, and the enemy needs to be afraid. But the fear of the Lord for us is to take so seriously why we're partnering with him and what his objectives are. And what He wants that you just don't you don't want to fail that and you don't want to miss anything you know some people might say well oh you know you're you're being too hard on that God just wants to love you and He'll speak you know you studied about Sha'al and you studied about supplication and prostitute He'll reveal things yes He will but you you have to fear Yahweh you have to have that absolute concrete, adamant devotion to his will and ways to where that is is—that is your agenda and uh, that that's the most important thing. Uh, I, I, and that's what, and, and then the objective of it is to partner with that plan to get rid of, to drive out Raw to drive out the enemy interlopers that are there and to establish His kingdom. But at the heart of it all, it's not just a walk through the tulips, you know, God said so, we're going to go, you know, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, it's delight, but somewhere there has to be an absolute lock on that compass setting. And that's what the fear of Yahweh is. And I pray that as we go in this year of wisdom, that that we have that. And I know we will. But it's, it's not being afraid. It's, it's, um, it's really just that, and I don't want to say fixation because that sounds like it's a psychological disease, but it's, it's, it's just an absolute adamant devotion to him and to his way <coughs> that you are that good and faithful servant and that you have kept his word and that you have honored him in that, and you've depicted what he wants, and you've not gone ahead of it, you've not lagged behind, you've not extrapolated out where you don't belong, but you you have such a fear that you please him, and that you fulfill him. And, and it's, that's why I'm glad it doesn't say the, the fear of, of Elohim here, it's the fear of the Lord. And, you know, even in Psalm 23, you know, the Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. He's the one that's leading you in these ways. And so, I I think, I think, you know, we really need to embrace what the fear of Yahweh really is. And, um, you know, and again, most of what we heard growing up, I don't know what, Mark's dad preached, or where you know. Well, I, I don't, don't really know, appreciate it. But I <laughs> <laughs> come on out of
3: the altar but, fifteen times.
2: But, but, but the fear of the Lord was you better not do this. You better not do that. You know, if you come up to this table and you got sin, you're like he's gonna fry you. And, you better not do this. You better. And the fear of the Lord, what had nothing to do with going forth according to His plan. It was just this law of don't do's. Or you're going to get, you know, so, um, anyway, all
1: right. Thank you, Thank you. I, I was thinking <coughs> earlier when she was asking some questions at the beginning that maybe obedience was in there somewhere. But I haven't heard the word obedient during this whole lesson, and I, where does that figure in? Fear of the Lord and obedience and devotion, where does that fit in?
2: Well, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice, uh, Samuel told Saul. And, um, you know, it's just being careful to do the things that God wants you to do every day in relationship to Him. And it's being faithful when He tells you something to do it. So it's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like the... um, (coughs) When you're going after the fear of the Lord and he tells you something, Yeah, you, you know, you've got to do what he says. You, you've you got to obey and not improvise. You know, Saul was not offering his supplications. He said that. So he, he left partnership off of it. He left it back in his tent. And he wondered, where's Samuel? You know, I've obeyed up to this point, but now. Um, you know, and, and that's what prompted. You know, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to sacrifice this. I'm going to do all this stuff, and it was just simple obedience. And what his obedience was was to wait there for Samuel. That was obedience, and sometimes that's hard because everything in you is suggesting some other thing but obedience is just doing what he said to do. And uh, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it seems like he forgot you, even though it may seem like he's past time. And so I think that's where obedience fits. It's just with all these other things, just doing what he said. You know, it's one of the things when we first started doing activations in, in this city and in, in other nations, You know, God would be very specific. You go and you do this. And one of the challenges that we had to have was you know, there are all kinds of other opinions and there are all kinds of other thoughts we have. And you have to say, we'd have to say to some folks here who aren't here anymore, look, this is what we're doing. Don't do this. This is what God said. But don't go across (coughs) the water into this other nation. Don't do it. You know, you you do this and you stand still and see what the Lord says. And that's obedience. It's sometimes obedience is... Um, It can be be a very tricky thing because of all the other ramifications. And, um, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. obedience is is not trying to help God
1: out. So, is, is it like obedience just without the awe, without the reverence, without the love involved, just the straight out obedience? O- obedience is, the, is, is really what we have in exercising our will. You know, because every, every part of this passage, there has to be a response in obedience to arise that you may go and possess the land, to fear the Lord, to walk in His ways, to love Him, to serve Him. All of that, it, it's a choice. It, it's a choice of our will. Are we going to choose to abide and to to be obedient in every one of these things? It, it's our choice. And it's really where we actually step into partnership. And, and, and through that, he that is willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. You don't eat the good of a land unless you've possessed it. Right? And so, it's really so much where our heart is is activated um, to respond. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> obedience is, is that, and it is rooted in your love and confidence in what God has said. It's kind of like this... Can I use one of my bad illustrations of your Sunday school classes? Absolutely. <laughs> By all means, Yeah, it. okay. <laughs> well, I, I, every couple of weeks or so, when I pick the twins up from school, I <coughs> take them to North Park. Um, and they go, they have all these things they like to do. But after about an hour, Grandpa needs to go to the boys. Room. And that petrifies... Particularly Alice, or at least it used to, because she, you know, she. I was leaving them alone, and you know, um, you know her. she said her daddy takes a long time when he goes. And I said no, I'm just going to go. in and so I sit them up there at North Park by Annie's Pretzels, Grand Annie's Pretzels. There's there's that little bench, and there's the family rooms, and then there's the mentor. So I have them sit there, and I said, okay you sit here. I'm going to be right out. I'm just going right in there I'll be right out. And for her particularly, she's afraid. But I say, now, look, you have to trust me. You have to trust me. You know, I, have I ever told you something that I've not done? And so, in her fear and in her concerns, she obeys and sits there. Of course, I don't know what else do. Yeah. But when I come back out, I always say, see, I told you this is what I was going to do. You were okay. But you you sat here and thank you. And you know it's, it, but the obedience is is facing your fears and facing the task that you may not want to do, but doing it out of trust with the one who you love. And who you you absolutely have heard from, and so there is that element of love, there is that element of concern, but it really comes down to just you doing. It. And you know, a lot of times people obey, but they do it for their own motives. They think if I obey this and this and this, then I'll get that, and there's very little love involved. But um, Or you can
1: obey and do it begrudgingly.
2: Yes, exactly. You can sit there and fume and really be angry that you've been put upon.
1: That's why it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of choosing God. Choosing. Because you think about disobedience. Disobedience is choosing otherwise. Yeah. And it it really, it's an exercise of our will and our, our soul, I guess. You have
2: to choose. So you, you fear in regard to, the, to the, the dispensation of the plan of Yahweh. And you commune with Him that His will would be done, which is what Jesus began to pray. When you pray, don't be like the Pharisees. Our Father who is are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's what we want. That's the fear of the Lord and um and then we listen and he gives us insight he doesn't tell us everything but he gives us insight and he gives us enough to take a step of faith and we take that step based on what he says from the right hand of his throne and then when we do that sometimes he just says stand and that's obedience too you've done everything you've known to do stand there why are you standing there for it? Well, that's not your business. So, this is all wisdom. It's funny how all these things, it's not, <laughs> wonderful. it's wonderful how all these things weave in together. And, um and Thank you.
0: Thank you. One on walking in his ways, but again, yeah, those are. I feel like these are points of obedience by um, each of these things that are required. Um, It's funny because that this just came to me, but um, you know, you think about the word required if if something's being required of you, um, it's like you've got to do this, and I mean, and and that's that's true, but. I was just gonna use this example. But um, this year we, we have a change in leadership in our school and everything and it's been a lot of you know great things but also just a big change in culture and things within our campus with some of the terminology and wording that is used now is not necessarily that you're required to attend something, but it is, it is expected that you do this and so I guess I don't I don't know why exactly that's the wording that is used now I think that it's um, instead of saying you have to do this or saying you're expected to do this so it's something that I think it maybe puts more back on you to okay you're expected to do this so you're the one that's going to be taking the action to do it so I'm not just saying it's required and you have to do this but it should be an expectation on your part that you would follow through and actually do that so I don't know interesting the terminology the the wording that's used now so um, but see some people take that as oh well it's expected does that mean I have to do it then I mean do I can I just ignore that they're not saying it's required expected may not be as, as strong um, you know a verb there but it is an expectation okay I mean and I, I think you know I mean the word says I mean the scripture says here this is what's required and so this is an expectation um, on our part of what we what we need to do so continuing with that um, it says that we're also to love him um, Psalm 145:20. 20 um, the Lord preserveth which is the word Shemar which is to hedge about or guard all them that love him, the Lord he, he guards over and um, all those that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy um, Mark 12, through 33 and the scribes said unto him, well master thou hast said the truth for there is one God and there is none other but he, and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices when we love this way I mean we're loving with everything that's absolutely within us we're loving with our heart we're loving with our mind that understanding that um, I don't know how to pronounce that word I I wrote it down so fast I'm not sure but anyway it's a mental putting together so loving from that mental aspect as well um, but also with our whole strength our whole ability our whole breath everything that's within us is loving him and um says it's more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices when we love that way and I mean that's you can't I mean we think about our heart we think okay we love with our heart you know but this is loving with our entire being everything that's within us Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good for them to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. And we know that that um, um, you know He He has called us to a great purpose. That's that prothesis, That's a setting forth of a thing. Um, he has great purpose. He has set forth um, you know so many things for us that um, you know it says in. We, those things work together for the toe, or to for the the Agath? yeah Agathos. and for them that love God, to them who are called, that are set apart. And we're set apart. We're set apart, we're set apart people. We know this, and and um, he's he's called us to a great thing, a great purpose. James two five. Hearken, <coughs> my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen that Epglegomai, which is um, kind of ought to be handpicked. I mean, we've been chosen, handpicked. The poor of this world, rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom, which he had promised to them to love him. And um, that beloved there is, I mean, beloved brethren is those that are esteemed worthy of his love, were rich in um, faith, abounding in faith, were those heirs, um, sons and so you know all we know that he loves us and and we're we're commanded we're required to also in this walk with him in order to arise and go forth and take this journey that one of those requirements is to love him with our whole heart and with our whole being and serving him with heart and soul I could have chosen lots of different verses on serving but my um, my mind my I mean my attention was so drawn to this um, passage in Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they chose even in the most difficult of situations um, to serve only God and they stood up to Nebuchadnezzar and it was with great heart and soul that these men served God they were not going to be swayed by ne- Nebuchadnezzar um, they, this angered him but um, and when when that happened, I mean, he turned up the heat on them. But yet, they still said, "Hey, you know, we're not going to serve you know other gods. We're not going to serve um, you know other um, images or anything. We're only going to serve God." And so they they served him with heart and soul. And I think that's a good example for us that even though we may feel like we're going through fiery trials, and um, and we we do we do go through those things um, that regardless of that we are our, our mind our heart needs to be set upon him and, um, and we need to determine in our hearts that we're only going to serve him and we're not going to allow anything else to um, try to sway us to take our focus off of him and his purpose for us uh, we're also commanded to keep his commandments and statutes Deuteronomy ten thirteen says uh, to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes, which I command thee this day for the good, we know that's for the for the tobe. Excuse me, um, that word keep there is so guard over. And I kind of like the the way that I, I was telling Mark that when I looked at this on commandments. I mean, it's you know one of those words. It's it's a commandment, but one of the descriptors that it gives at the bottom of your um, whenever you're looking at the Hebrew word is set a code of wisdom and I thought that was interesting that connection there with keeping his commandments and that being an aspect of um, a connection with with the wisdom of God and his statutes are something that he's prescribed for us and so when we we, um, keep or guard over that code of wisdom that um, the wisdom that he that he only gives um with something that he's only prescribed for us. Um it's that's that's the tobe. Okay, hey, did you do you read
3: the passage in the
0: name? Oh, well, you, is there something you wanna no, I,
3: I I was just looking at Dane and three there, but that. I mean I know you kind of paraphrased it, but yeah.
0: Go ahead if you have something you wanna elaborate on.
3: I I was just looking at it and and I mean, these guys are face-to-face face with King Nebuchadnezzar. It's not like they're writing a letter to him. I mean, this is direct conflict. I mean, they're telling him, um, um, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace." I mean, they're telling King Nebuchadnezzar that right there to his face. And then they say, in a futuristic way, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. If not, be it known, we are not going to serve other Elohims, or we're not going to worship this golden image that you've, uh, you've set up. Man, that, that's, that's courageous. I mean, that is passion. That's, you know, not, not giving in to... You know, that, that, that's tough. That's hard. <laughs> I mean, we face hard situations and stuff, but I, I have never been in a, in a situation where there's a the furnace that's nearby and he's going to get ready to heat it up seven times hotter. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of puts things in, in, in perspective. Mm-hmm. Not minimizing it, it's just, it's just pretty intense.
0: In the last um, few verses here in Deuteronomy um, about circumcising your heart, um, circumcising, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and to be no more stiff-necked. Um, I didn't really elaborate a whole lot on this. If anybody wants to, has um, any comments on that? But also this um, last part here, um, Deuteronomy ten nineteen um, says, "Love ye therefore the stranger, which is a foreigner, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt." And then verse 20, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, Him shall thou serve, and to Him shall thou cleave and swear by His name. Um, I felt like that too was um, interesting to go back because it starts off with, go back to at the very beginning where in verse 12 um, of Deuteronomy 10, it says, to Fear the Lord, walk in His ways, love Him, serve Him with all the heart, with all the soul. And then it ends that with saying, Fear the Lord thy God, serve him, cleave to him, um, swear by his name. And um, I really don't, on this word, um, I looked up swear on this because, uh, and I really didn't understand. Maybe um, Pastor um, has something that you can say about this. Um, but it said to seven oneself, and it has to do with declaring seven times. I thought that was kind of interesting. There to, um, I mean, the other words, you know, fearing the Lord and, and serving Him. I had already gone over, but cleaving, you know, that um, devotion there, but also to swear by His name to declare seven times. I thought was kind of interesting too. Don't know what exactly that means, but
2: yeah, that that has that uh, dimension of being committed to His ways and. Committed to the fulfillment of them, and it's it's kind of it's it's kind of like you know there's two factors. It's like kind of like a playoff of when Sila becomes salah, where you you've completed that progression, and the same thing is this is the word for seven, but it's the fulfillment of the seven. So it's like you're stating. I've done this and I know I've done it. it's not like I'm telling you you know hey haven't I done it yet you know or I've done it you no know, and I really haven't there's a, there's a knowing and there's a it, it's just really a commitment to the fulfillment of his way <coughs> that's
0: interesting too that that's how really that passage almost ends too without fulfillment then because then it says, He is thy praise, He's thy God, that He had done for thee these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. So to end it and to say, you know, to swear by His name and that fulfillment there, I think that seems significant.
2: And that's really the way you make it through these ways, by relying on the authority given you by Him <coughs> to represent His name and it's not just going on i know there's power even in the speaking of the name of jesus it's like your power in the word whether you're applying it in the way it was supposed to have been interpreted or not there's always going to be power there it's kind of like people who have a rifle but they don't know what it's for they're using it to hit something that, i mean you're still using it but you're not using it the way you should so the word has that power and uh, when we talk about it, in the name of Jesus, it's more like, okay, we've said this and now we want to we want stamp it. But really, the name is a partnership with him where he's entrusted you to represent his name. And um, so, it, I'm just saying that to swear by his name, to seven by his name, you're, you're saying I fulfilled this, but but, and I have done what your name empowered me to do and it's through your name and it's not just applying the principles of these ways but you entrusted this and we've done our very best to represent it and when we looked at it it's, it's a completion but um, it's kind of interesting to see all that again weave together
0: I wanted to unless there are any other comments about the
3: scripture.
0: I wanted to end with. I'm like I said I had looked at the wisdom revelation book and I wanted to end with another thing that pastor had said I felt like was very powerful and really indicative of where we are and what we're going into Wisdom is vital for the taking of kingdoms. It's imperative for the preservation of what has been granted to the people of God. It must be cherished and applied, or else there is no prospect for continued victory and advancement. Wisdom is the function of the heart of God, wherein nurturing gives way to advancement. A poor man with wisdom possesses more power and vitality than any other virtue. And I wanted to read the the. Um, <laughs> I didn't know he had something he um, Ecclesiastes 9:15 or 9:15 through 16. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his despised, and his words are not heard. And The thing that really stood out there to me is about that wisdom and it delivering the city. And it being better than strength and it says now there was found in a poor wise man and he by his wisdom delivered the city and I just feel like that as we go into this new year this the wisdom that he has us moving into that is what it's going to be that really brings about what it is that he's wanting to do um, within our arterio and and where he's calling us to that we're moving forth in that wisdom but it's, it's going to be what brings that change that power that he's, he's wanting to demonstrate throughout the earth but um, we're moving forth in that and he's asking us to rise take the journey and move forth in in this new year of wisdom and revelation Amen.